Hotel History is created for adult audiences. Episodes may contain language and subject matter that some may find upsetting. This episode contains references to suicide. Hotel History. We take you with us through the sordid history and scandals of some of the world's most famous and infamous hotels. I'm Dieta. And I'm Yael. Let's get started. All right, so Yael, tell me why the plaza is what really set this podcast off. So basically what happened was I've been going to the plaza since I was a kid. I'm from New York. And I went with my cousin and we had like a drink there. We were discussing like the history and all that stuff. Or I don't remember the exact events, but basically when I was talking about all these things I knew about the plaza I was like this is actually really interesting and there's so much more to learn maybe I should do research my cousin was really interested I wanted to have like the tea experience in the palm court which is a well-known like tea time it's also really expensive if anyone wants to know Um, be prepared (laughs) Uh, I didn't end up doing it but it kind of like got me interested. And then I bought the book, The Plaza by Julie Satow. And I'm just like, I want to start a podcast about hotels because I'm really fascinated by a lot of hotels all around. But The Plaza is also really dear to my heart. So I'm like, this might be a good start. It's also very ambitious. I, Absolutely. Didn't, I did not realize because every I just I was telling you how every single time I Google the plaza, there's a new article about the plaza. And they're like, did you know this? And did you know that? And you think you knew everything? And then you read the book and then there's another book. And although the book, The Plaza by Julie Satow is like thoroughly researched and it's really good. We highly recommend. Yes, when I started reading it, I didn't know that there was so much to the story of the plaza. It's it's really fascinating. It has it's it's definitely an institution and it has the history to back up that reputation. Yeah, there's I, I don't think we're gonna fit in all the information on one episode. Or even Or at all. Even like a hundred. <laughs> yeah. Um, we will be picking and choosing. There's just too much. And I bet you'll someone will listen and be like, they forgot to mention this really good fact. And I can just Wikipedia it. Okay, then Wikipedia. <laughs> Don't listen. It's <laughs> got so aggressive so early on. <laughs> no, for sure. Pick up the book. Um, read everything you can about it because it is fascinating. But just know that we're not going to be able to fit it all in. Yeah, we'll get some things wrong and make things up. I'm kidding. <laughs> I mean, you know what? I just read an article and the person already was fucking up the whole entire thing. And they were like... <laughs> So at the plaza, when John Lennon and Yoni Oka were alive, and I'm like, I don't think this guy has the facts right. So if he can write an an article and publish it with no like, fact I don't know, no one, no, no fact checking, yeah, no, no one was like, um, you spelled Yoko's name wrong. Maybe he was like. <laughs> Oh, Yoko, that can't be a name. That can't be it right. It must be Yoni. <laughs> and also, she is still alive last time. I really, I got worried I there. I was like, oh. wait, should I, go, did we miss one? Oh, no. So, yeah. 
so you grew up in New York, so the plaza was just always there for you. Yeah. So most people I know were not obsessed with the plaza. I mean, it's, I think if you lived on the Upper East Side of New York City, then you knew it. And like, if you were rich and from money, but being from Brooklyn, like none of my friends cared. But my mom taught me at a young age that you always need to go to the bathroom whenever you leave the house. So the first stop, we would go into the city and go straight to the plaza. I was like, gotta use the bathroom. We were on the train for about an hour or like 40, and you're with kids, 45 minutes, and we usually go to a museum or something. We always had like our New York City day trips because they were cheap and accessible and free. And basically my mom's like, okay, we live here, take advantage. Always the plaza, always use the bathroom. And then I got kind of obsessed with it. I loved Eloise. If you know anything about the plaza, you'll know the story about Eloise. Um, and I started like an Eloise collection. And I was just like, whatever this life is, I want it. It's nothing <laughs> like the life I have. Um, it smelled like it smells like wealth. Like mm. you walk it, it smells so good. I want what I think they just have huge ass flowers everywhere, but they put something in the air where you're like, the air is so much oh, better. Money. Yeah, money. <laughs> and and they treat you really nicely. They then I never went into the plaza and felt like they were like, oh, you're poor get out of here yeah I loved that as I was reading like there were a few themes that really stuck out and the fact that the plaza was always for the public like open to the public was was really amazing to me because I always felt like if you know if I was not a guest at a hotel that I wasn't supposed to be in there so I love that people feel welcome at the plaza even if they're not a guest the plaza taught me that that's not true I feel at home at every hotel I go to now and I'm like I'm gonna use your bathroom it's a great trick because most of them have a public bathroom and they'll let you use it yeah so, see I always felt like okay we got to go in and just look like we belong here stroll in don't look at anybody don't make eye contact but no turns out you're allowed to use the bathroom well that works too yeah you, I, I don't even ask anyone I just like go in I'm like I'll figure it out like no one needs to talk I always know where a bathroom is I'll, I always can smell one <laughs> like literally and metaphorically yeah. i'm like it's in here this way um and if there's a key you know i'll come up with a story uh, you know, whatever yeah. it's it, it hotels are great I, I think there's a lot of good in hotels and i think the plaza is like really you know just they'll let you come in they know people are there to just take pictures and uh, I mean, you can't actually record in one room. They they, they asked us not to. They were like, because mm, people were there. And um, but for the most part, and even the way they said it, were can you not? They were really nice about it. Um, because they don't know who's staying there, and you don't want to get anyone upset if they're staying there and they're spending like millions of dollars. Right. Yeah. That's that. what I imagine people spend at the Plaza Millions. Of dollars. <laughs> that version of customer service does have a certain tier they've got to meet. Yeah. So should we get into the history? Yeah. But, well, before that, my I want to ask you what interests you about this because I approached you. I told you I wanted to start it, and then um, I I was like, you don't have time, but then you made time in your life. 
Um, <laughs> I did, which is a feat. Yeah. So, so <laughs> I'm what, really proud of myself. <laughs> so I want to know what interests you about hotels and like history and stuff like that. Well, I'm, I'm a history buff and I really love niche history, like going into one specific little area and learning new things about it. And I had just never even thought about the history of hotels. But as soon as you mentioned it, I was like, oh, that, yeah, that that makes a lot of sense. A lot of them have been around for a really long time. Obviously, uh, everyone knows about all of the haunted hotels. Those definitely have um, already, I think, quite a bit of um, publicity around their histories. But just the regular the regular people history of who stays in hotels and especially a really famous one like the plaza that's been around for over a hundred years at this point it's got to have some good stories so yeah I want to know I want to know those stories and I love the glamour and so I know you know a hotel like that is going to have great parties great interesting people staying there I want to know those stories yeah it's and, sorry just growing well and just growing up like I grew up in Texas so my idea of the plaza is purely from the movies I only know it from um, Home Alone and Bride Wars and the mention of it in like Sabrina like the classic movies like it's just always been around and so it's it, to me it is glamour it is New York that's like when you think of New York the plaza is the first hotel you think of yeah, you think of like old, rich New York. Yes. It, it symbolizes luxury, and that's why people reference it because it's like, ooh, the plaza. Exactly. Cool. I mean, when Macaulay Culkin steps out of the plaza and into a Lamborghini with a pizza waiting for him, that is the height of luxury. <laughs> and then Donald Trump just happens to be walking by. Um, yeah, no, it's it, it's great, and uh, I think there's also to go back to just hotel history. There's psychology with history, uh, with hotels. I mean, there's psychology and history too. But uh, with the way people behave in hotels, mm. why people like hotels, why I think hotels won't ever go away, even with Airbnb and everyone's like, oh, Airbnb is replacing hotels. I don't think so. Whatever, not with how much they charge you to clean it, and then you have to clean it yourself. <laughs> well, that, but, but, um, I mean, that's like. A, a new problem but <laughs> I think in general it gets Airbnb is like a personal experience you're meeting someone they want to know who you are you you can't be anonymous well you can go into an hotel and you can be a new person right and it's it's really exciting and there's something that the way that they treat you they know this they kind of all know everyone's dirty laundry but they don't treat you any differently um, unless like you really misbehave and then they have to kick you out. But that's a different story. The ones who are like regulars know, and even at a bar, like you get a regular and I even have someone, I'm a bartender and he'll come in and he has a new girl every single time. And he, we just pretend like this. <laughs> all right. And he's talking about marrying her and she knows they always are like, you're paying me by the hour, please. Um, <laughs> But it's really funny. Like, you don't say anything. And I think it's the same thing with hotels. Like, you can come in. Um, they know who your wife is. They know who is your friend. Right. In quotation marks. Uh, <laughs> and they know what you're doing. They, But, the, you know, it's also if you don't want anyone to know, um, don't be obvious about it. But you, you can just – it's like you can give them a different name. You could – Maybe you can't do that because they have the reservation with your... I don't know. There's a lot of things you can do. Yeah. You know? Um, and I think it makes it interesting because people behave differently when they 
think they can get away with something right. and that they're like a new person. And that's why hotels, that's where all the weird stuff happens. <laughs> I love weird stuff. Yeah. <laughs> it's still happening right now. Hotels across the world. <laughs> There's like, you know, uh, I don't know. Some history is being made. Some story. Um, unfortunately, a lot of bad stuff I, that only comes to mind. Yeah. yeah. That's okay. We're going to give you some good uh, stuff yeah. too. <laughs> Lots of babies being made. Definitely. <laughs> Um, okay, so we're going to actually talk about the first uh, part of the plaza's history. So, you know, when it was made, um, all that stuff. Do you want to you wanna start? Um, sure, yeah. So I guess we should start kind of with uh, the people who really made it happen these um high rollers (laughs) that got into the real estate game and uh really wanted to um make a name for themselves and going into hotel real estate was a way to do that so uh first off we've got harry black Harry S. Black. Harry S. Black. Sorry, yes, I forgot to put the S in my yeah, notes. No, because every time I read it in the book, like she yeah. mentions the S. S. <laughs> She's it's like, this important. is not my buddy. This is like a real professional that lived. And- so, you know, our friend, good old friend Harry, he's, um, he uh, actually uh, started several banks and stores. But the way he got into the real estate game was he married into it as so often happens yeah but but before that um first of all to everyone listening who doesn't know where the plaza is it's in manhattan new york it's on 59th and 5th avenue right next to the entrance of central park and it was originally built in 1883 to 1890 but they tore it down they wanted to make it even bigger and more like lavish and they started uh, building it, I think, in 1902 or 1905. And they finished it and opened it in 1907. So there was, like, the first one, they were like, nope, not big enough, not, not fancy enough. enough. Yeah. And I don't know who who decided that, but they must have seen how things are going. Because it was, what, the Gilded Age, right? Mm-hmm. So, I mean, if anyone watched the show, you know, you kind of see how, like, new money's coming about. I mean, New York is... The fact that you can there make a hotel and you're one of a kind. Yeah. <laughs> you're like one of the few hotels. Um, it kind of like it was a, it was like a frontier of, of yeah. uh, land and Yeah, and New they York were, they were definitely stuff. farsighted, I think, for this site because it was not like a super fancy area at this point. Like they're talking uh, about it was kind of surrounded by a little was, bit of. Well, they, they had the Vanderbilt Mansion. I think there it was becoming up and coming coming. like there was the old money and the new money and there was a lot of new money and the old money was always like judging the new money but it was barren if you look at pictures it was like nothing around I mean Central Park probably was bigger than (laughs) than it is now and it's all grass Um, but the fact that they tore down the first try but it, it wasn't that they just put like a shack up you know this is a lot of work went into it. And they're like, no, no, no. These people want class. This is not classy enough. We need to go bigger or go home. It almost feels like Trump did build. Like he, he was the, he should have been the original. I can imagine like a Trump-like, you know, character is like, 
Forget about it. This is not <laughs> more gold. We need more. Um, I don't know how he sounds. I'm doing a terrible job. <laughs> yeah, really I can't do the impression. It's gonna be fabulous. But yeah, it's going to be. It's gonna be amazing. the greatest hotel. Yeah, the greatest. The greatest. Um, but yeah, then, then what happened was with the Harry S. Black and all that stuff. But I just wanted to mention that it was not the yeah, first. This try. was not the first plaza. Um, yeah, so uh, Harry S. Black he marries into uh, the George A. Fuller family, uh, who uh, is already a famous person because he basically invented skyscrapers so oh, yeah <laughs> he's um definitely a mogul uh harry s black falls in love with his daughter gets married and starts working for his father-in-law uh and then when his father-in-law dies he gets to run the company and he starts making some very um aggressive bids and uh really starts uh making the company known for some iconic buildings like um they were in charge of the Flatiron building oh right yeah. and also uh macy's herald square the flagship Wow, those places still exist by the way yeah so <laughs> like he was already doing some big things before the plaza but he wanted the plaza He's to moves. yeah to really uh make a name for himself and so he went in he uh became partners with uh Beinecke, what's his first name? Bernard. Yeah, Bernard, right, Bernard Beinecke. Beinecke. These names. I know. <laughs> I feel like I, I dream about them because I've heard them so much. <laughs> yeah, so uh, Beinecke was um, a meat butcher to start off with for 30 years. He was a German immigrant that was uh, became a really well-to-do meat butcher, I guess. I didn't know that there was a lot of money in that, but apparently there is. But he wanted everyone to... Everyone needs meat. It's true. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's true. You have to get into a company that everybody needs. Um, but he wanted to get into something that was a little more genteel. So that's when he started in with uh, investing into hotels to get a little bit better status. Oh, yeah. So, he was done killing animals. Yeah, yeah. So, I don't think he was done, but he was just, that was the back burner now. It's like, it's, <laughs> I'm starting to smell. And so. and they didn't bathe often back then. He probably is like, you know, people leave the room when I come in, so maybe I should switch careers. <laughs> <laughs> so let's give hotels a try. They, they seem cleaner. Yeah, so they um, became partners and wanted to go all in for this plaza but they didn't have enough capital as is usually the case so they had to get more people involved um so they got some financing from john gates who was um well known for going into some high risk <laughs> gambling high risk stakes type um enterprises wait what was he known for you you called him john gates uh his nickname was bet a million gates because oh. one time he made a bet over uh which raindrop on the window was gonna make it to the sill fastest and he bet a million dollars on which did one did he win it didn't say when i was reading about it it didn't he say did so that, that probably means he didn't win Ooh. i feel like they would have more like john lost a million yeah <laughs> <laughs> i don't know so I've, i'll i'll have to come back in part two and see if i can find the <laughs> culmination of I that love, story these could all be rumors <laughs> yeah the these way. are all alleged like these are all just stories a lot of this we they don't know if it really happened or not but that's the story of how he got his nickname but he his condition was that they had to hire uh, Frederick Sterry as their hotel manager 
he ha- he was friends with Frederick Sterry, thought he would do a great job, and so he was like, basically, hire my buddy, and I'll give you the money you need. And they were like, that's such sold. a you know what's weird? That's such a risk. It's someone you don't know, you're like, he can manage. It's like a huge hotel. It's like <laughs> this, did, is yeah. the, this is the like, you know the deal. Yeah, he, this he probably wasn't a good man. I don't remember if he was a good manager in the book or not. I think he was. Oh, I okay. think he was. Yeah, they got lucky. He he had been managing several hotels by that point. Oh, so, okay. yeah, so he wasn't th- brand new. Okay, that's yeah, he kind of made it, I think, a, a small name for himself as being like really good with handling um, the wealthy clients very sensitively. Oh. So, yeah. Okay, it's better than like him saying, okay, you have to hire my nephew. Exactly. He just graduated <laughs> high school. <laughs> Imagine, it's like, here's a million dollars and you have to hire him. I don't know if I would take it and be like, ooh, I'm going to lose that million real fast. Yeah. But okay. it worked out. Oh, and they bought it for $3 million dollars i think they they bought the hotel or the land or something yeah it's that's a lot in 1902 that's, that's a lot of so money much money back then. i mean that's nothing now but it was a lot back then but i think even back then it was still no it was a lot, it was a lot. i wonder what the equivalent is like 100 million maybe probably yeah it's a lot that's a lot yeah that's still a deal <laughs> for whatever for the what it came to be worth yeah, yeah absolutely <laughs> also during this time oh oh there's a lot um maybe there i'm jumping ahead but uh the hotel was um segregated <laughs> i mentioned that before. of course yeah in all ways yeah but men and women in particular was um that caused quite some problems later on but the first guest of the hotel was Alfred Gwynne Vanderbilt. This, you know, it's just, you can't make this stuff up. So he comes in, or what's the, do you, do you know the specific sto- parts of the story? I, I might be missing something. Yeah, so um, I think he made kind of a big deal about wanting to be the first guest. So mm-hmm. among, you know, lots of their crowds are outside and they've all come to see all of these, this parade of socialites that's going to be signing in to stay there when it opens. But Vanderbilt had to be the first guest. So he strolls in, but which should have been this momentous occasion, the first guest, the Vanderbilt is signing in, but the, um, clerk had wandered away from the desk when they were they were trying to uh, sign in because they're still trying to get everything ready to go you know it's their opening day there's still a lot to do so he had wandered away to help someone and so there was no one there to sign in Alfred except the girl who ran the newsstand had just kind of like sauntered over and was just hanging out at the desk and so Vanderbilt kind of sarcastically asked kind of like um could I sign in? And she was just like, oh, yeah. And just like swivels the guest register around and hands him a pen dipped in ink. And he signs in Mr. and Mrs. Alfred Vanderbilt, which, of course, his wife was not present. But I thought they got married. No, she was a little she was a a young girl, it turns out, like very young. Yeah, he had an affair the next year with the wife of a Cuban diplomat. Uh, Vanderbilt was a notorious playboy. <laughs> I mean, they, they all were. Yeah. And he lived across the street in the Vanderbilt mansion, so he basically wanted to get away from his parents. Yeah. <laughs> yes. He he lived across the street in a mansion, a mansion that you think you never see your parents <laughs> in because you have a billion rooms, and it was too much. They probably were always searching for him. Alfred! Yeah. 
<laughs> what are you doing? Yeah, so his um his <laughs> wife was supposed to come, but she had been injured in a car accident the day before, and so she was recovering at a different estate somewhere. Oh wow! Yes, and he was like, "This is very <laughs> so convenient. She couldn't make it. I can bring my girlfriend <laughs> here, and then visit my wife later." Exactly. Which I think is what he did. Yeah, I think so. Because they were divorced a year later. <laughs> so it was not long yeah. for this world anyway. But that, yeah, that's uh, that starts the plaza out with a bang. Yeah. And it just gets even more ridiculous. Like the um, the hotel guests. Um, I think also some people who stayed there in the early 1900s, there was well, the Vanderbilt... Uh, Guggenheim, when he was, uh, I think, making the Guggenheim Museum? I don't know. He had a whole story. Him and uh, Frank Lloyd Wright stayed there, yeah, and they yeah. were designing the Guggenheim, or designing something. These people were always designing. <laughs> and um, and then Mark Twain was a guest. Oh, I didn't see that. Yeah, one. I saw that somewhere oh. on an article. It might not be correct, because you know, these articles <laughs> make things up. But Mark, I can believe it. Yeah, you know I there were a lot that. of F. Scott Fitzgerald, he, him and Zelda stayed there. I mean, they stayed there a lot. That's why you know the Great Gat. They have a Great Gatsby room, and he writes about the plaza. And then there's a story about him. Uh, I don't know, jumping in the fountain outside the plaza. Yeah, but everyone's like, oh, that might not be true. But I mean, he was a party animal, yeah. so it might be true. And I feel like a lot of people did that. Yeah, I'm sure more than just him yeah. did that. Yeah, but we're, yeah, and we're definitely gonna talk more about them whenever we get to prohibition. Oh, yeah. Uh, but a lot of these people started kind of coming in before Prohibition, right? Yeah, there's a, so many people. And even just the, the amount of people that were living in the plaza before, like from the very beginning, they the, started just renting rooms and staying there for was, the rest of their lives. Because it, it, it was like the thing, you know, this new, hip, cool, it's kind of modern, kind of liberal for the time even though they are catering to old school money they were it was like where you went you yeah know, you brought your girlfriend and not your wife but it was still trying to <laughs> and i think also um the fact that they had a lot of events like they wanted to be it wasn't just a hotel they had yeah. you know a cafe and a bar and a place you can listen to music i mean they were it, it, there was an attraction there you know princes and diplomats and everyone was going there yeah, i was like the plaza was a lifestyle i now. mean yeah just to be a fly on the wall and listen to some of those very important conversations you know the beatles i mean that's much later but um yeah I, it's so is this kind of very interesting dynamic they have between all of the rich famous people coming to stay there just as guests and then like all of these like doddering old women that live there and are like just stationed <laughs> around the lobby because they've been living there for years uh, yeah um uh, people just like to hang out there yeah I i'm one of those people i would absolutely yeah. if i were in new york i i go there all the time like every time i'm in new york i'm like gotta go to the plaza i had one drink there once and it cost me like a month's rent <laughs> <laughs> It's a, it's not cheap, but it was worth it. I don't know. I was like, you know what? This is worth fifty dollars. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I don't pay fifty dollars for rent. That'd be great. But still, it, it was uh, it was 
pretty expensive for what it was. Yeah. But they really make you feel special. And I was talking to the bartender about it. He worked there for like 15 years. It was really interesting. Some of those people worked there for a long time. They have a lot, a lot of juicy stories. They, he didn't say anything bad. But I can tell. Like, yeah. Behind the stories. I'm like, you're holding back. <laughs> and you're going to let it all out in your memoir one yeah, day. Yeah, exactly. And you're going to be like... These girls came to visit me and had a drink, and I almost said this, but I didn't want to get fired. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, speaking of the widows, um, I think that some of them were cr- so interesting. Um, one of them being the princess, oh, whose yeah. name we do not know how to pronounce. Elizabeth, right? Elizabeth Vilma Loth Paragly or Parley. Yeah, par parlegi or parlegi 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 parlegi. Yeah, it's a gh, so you never know. Yeah, she was a painter, by the way. I yeah, I saw I that. Didn't, yeah, I didn't know that. She um her her title was princess, but her royal bloodline was a little murky. She was from Hungary originally. Um, she'd already been twice divorced by the time she came to the plaza, and her most recent husband had been a minor Russian prince. So that's kind of where she co-opted that title from. Um, but she preferred to be addressed as your serene highness. She sounded like someone who wanted to be addressed that way. She <laughs> yeah. was a handful. She knew how to take advantage. She's like, oh, I can stay here? And can all my animals stay here too? Like my lions and my tigers <laughs> yeah. and bears? She brought with her just an entire zoo, <laughs> basically. But then uh, that's when the plaza on the spot, they said... We're going to have a animal-friendly policy. And that's what makes them really cool, especially yeah. during that time. And they still have it. Like, they're dog-friendly and everything. But this princess comes along, and she's like, so are you going to let me stay here with my lion cubs? And they're like, we can say no and lose out. Or we can say yes and make a lot of money. Yeah, They didn't know that she would stop paying at a certain point. But, <laughs> but up until then, it was gravy. <laughs> yeah. Because then it turns out a lot of rich people want to bring their animals. Yeah. I mean, to this day. I think they should have a limit. Like, they should have been like, you know what? You can't bring a zebra in. Yeah. <laughs> but the fact that they were just, like, cool with it. They were cool with it. And she had a lot. Like, she had a dog, a little dog. But she also had guinea pigs, wolves, an ibis, a falcon, several owls. Why do you need more than one owl? Several owls. Why do you need an ibis? Because <laughs> <laughs> that one sounds cool. Like, that okay. sounds cool as hell to be like, did you see my ibis? Where did they stick these animals? <laughs> she had like 12 room, a 12 room oh, suite or something. Okay. So I'm sure they each had their own room and a family of alligators. Oh, that was that's the, the one I can't. Our princess has a family of alligators to finish off her menagerie, which... I mean, at that point, you're you're bringing dinosaurs into the plaza. So yeah. that's, I just can't get over what it. What a life. Yeah. What a life for an alligator. <laughs> <laughs> the best lived alligator. So wait, what happened? Something happened. She couldn't keep her lion cubs. They were like outgrowing the bathroom. Yeah. So <laughs> she didn't even bring the lion cub to start with. She, after she'd already gotten to the plaza, she went to the circus and saw the lion and bought it because she fell in love with it but yeah she was keeping it in her bathtub but then of course they grow 
Um, <laughs> they grow and eat people. Yeah, and- believe it or not. And, uh, yeah. And so they started, the plaza was like, okay, <laughs> we have to draw a line somewhere. She obviously was pushing it. She didn't ask permission yeah. for that one. She's like, oh, you let me in? Yeah. I said, okay, I've just got a little bit of this and a little bit of that. And before you know it, there's a zoo. So, so which is where the, the lion ended up finally going was they had she gave it to the bronx zoo i bet you uh i don't know how long lions live i think that one's dead but (laughs) it must have been like really uncomfortable going to the zoo after that be like i know it probably thought oh my god what did i do wrong i was living this wonderful life and then you go to the (laughs) the bronx zoo Mm. Yeah, that's a rough. Yeah. But after it died, From she. Riches to rags. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. She uh, had it buried in a pet cemetery. <gasps> so she really did love it. Oh. I wonder if that's in New York. I think it said Westchester. Oh, my God. I think is what it said. Don't don't like don't come at me. I'm gonna if go I got find the cemetery. I couldn't remember every detail. Visit so I... the lion's grave. <laughs> I know. You pro- yeah, you probably could. Which I didn't even know pet cemeteries existed back then. That seems like I mean such a modern thing, but obviously not because I, I mean rich people have been coddling yeah. their animals for thousands of years. So obviously I think it's you're not. thinking of normal people. Yeah, who are like the dogs live outside, <laughs> and yeah, it's I'm really thinking, true. Like thinking of working rich, class yeah. <laughs> ancestry here. I don't know He's what, buried in what the backyard does. <laughs> so yeah, she was um, one of the crazy guests um another one of the the great 39 widows that i just the 39 widows they spanned like from the beginning of the plaza to like currently i think there might still be some what because i think they add they add their numbers like as some die more come in (laughs) oh they must have had like i don't think so because they i think it used to be they had rent controlled yeah apartments i don't think that exists anymore I'm, there's bound to be at least one widow there that's not still living like her I mean, grandchild they, they probably don't have like a rent controlled apartment anymore but there's still bound to be some be some more recent widows that are like i'll just live at the plaza i don't want to have to do anything for myself <laughs> i don't know i think they might all be dead i think the plaza got rid of them mm. i think trump got rid of all of them that could be <laughs> He's like, no more widows <laughs> Only single young ladies. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so I think my favorite one of them was um, her name was Clarabelle Walsh, and she oh, was yeah. originally from Kentucky. Um, she, oh, she was a Southern Belle. Yeah, she was a Southern Belle. She, her claim to fame is that allegedly she invented the cocktail party. Oh, yeah. I yeah. remember that. So um, she was written up in the Washington Post as giving a cocktail party. And, and she was even the Post says she's the she invented this. And now, you know, it's become a, the fashion. But she was the one to. I bet you there's some other like um, socialite who invented it. And she's like, bitch. Yeah. <laughs> Clarabelle always exactly. getting all the attention. Or I did it first. one of their servants did it yeah. first, and they were and they were like, "Oh, what are they doing? I'm gonna steal that." The servants don't have time. They like no, but they drink. Yeah, they, <laughs> they drink with the other servants after work. Right. That's a cocktail party. I don't know. I don't know. I feel like it's definitely 
really a, a rivalry. Yeah, and then the situation. rich lady just you know dresses it up a little bit. And I mean, that's into, pro- yeah, makes it into something that rich people drinking do after now. work. <laughs> what what is work? We'll just do the drinking part. <laughs> but yes, so she uh, got married, didn't work out, and she left her husband and moved into the plaza. In 1922, and then never shortly left. after that, got divorced. Oh. Yeah, she never left. Exactly. She haunts the plaza to this yes. day. She claimed to be one of the 39 widows, even though she wasn't, because her husband did die six years later, but they were already divorced. So oh. that was kind of a stretch to call herself a widow. But she was old, and she lived there, and her husband was dead. So You know what they really wanted to call them? The 39 spinsters. Yeah. And they couldn't. <laughs> and they are like... Widows is more <laughs> appropriate. <laughs> yes. Well, she also claimed that she had moved in to the plaza on opening day, despite there having been zero evidence to that fact. Okay. Like, not at all. But she kept claiming it. And so even... Be- and so the plaza in her mind she did in her mind she did the plaza is so accommodating though that they gave her a party in 1957 for her 50 year anniversary oh, of her moving into God. the plaza even though they were well aware okay the plaza is <laughs> just enabling these people at this point yes. it's so bad stop it but um i mean you got to got to keep your <laughs> long term tenants happy i think they were spending money at the time they still had their ex-husbands yeah. or widows, whatever, uh, widowers. Yeah. Money. She was, yeah. She was very well. But eventually the plaza learned that the money dried up. And yeah. They stopped accommodating them so much. <laughs> yeah. But um, she was really well known for like drinking nothing but bourbon because she was, she loved her She's Kentucky alcoholic. whiskey. Yeah. Uh. All, all, who wasn't? <laughs> oh, her Kentucky whiskey. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So um, she, yeah, she would only ever drink bourbon whiskey. Uh, and one of her, f- her most famous party um, had a kindergarten theme. So everyone who came dressed up like they were children in like oh. sailor boy outfits and like little girl like pinafores and she wore like white a white negligee with like a blue bow tied in her hair yeah it was gross and like oh one of the men God. showed up in like a really fancy pink romper yeah and they... I, I I'm picturing this <laughs> I think I remember reading about it and I'm just like that's I have no words but it may it makes so much sense for those kind of people yeah and it's like you are children. Yeah, they're and they're so bored. Like they they're so bored. Yeah. So yeah, and so she had an obstacle course set up that they had to go through the obstacle course to get to the bar, and then once they made it to the bar, which I'm sure got funnier and funnier the oh drunker they got. Yeah. I'm surprised someone didn't die <laughs> by the end of it. Uh, once they got to the bar, they were served their drink, whatever you know, martini, sazerac of their choice in a baby bottle. Because, you know, <gasps> what kindergartner do you know that doesn't still use yeah, a baby bottle? I mean, <laughs> after a long, hard day of playing with the blocks and the coloring books, yeah, you know, learning you just, how to read. Yeah, you know, you need a nap and a whiskey. That's really <laughs> weird. And actually, she's not only the first person to invent the cocktail party, but a fetish party. Yeah, a fetish well. party. That sounds That's like what a, that is. Yeah. yeah. Oh my God! There was some swinging happening afterwards. Oh, for I'm sure. sure. Yeah. <laughs> so that's what that, what I was imagining. I was like, how many people also came in diapers and just didn't, you know? They all knew what they were there. <laughs> they for. all knew what they were yeah. there for. So that that's weird. I'm upset that you know, 
people didn't have cameras back then or they didn't have like the I mean they had cameras but it was like a big to do yeah you know you had to hire right you had to sit and there's a light bulb that went out thing (laughs) like it's a whole yeah (laughs) and I don't think she wanted anyone recording that (laughs) although maybe people are weird maybe those kink parties yeah you know I bet you there's some valuable old film reels of what went down in the hotel. <laughs> I'm getting off Somewhere. topic here, but I, there are weird things out there um, that will, you know, they probably are worth a lot of money. You should try to find them. Yeah. Somebody. Cool. Maybe it's in the Whoever, vault in Whatever the private collection has them. Yeah. You should really there bring are, those out. There uh, are, like, well-known people who try to search for old vintage pornos about with cele- oh, old celebrities are. like Cary Grant and all that stuff. Apparently they exist, but I don't, there's no proof of it, but I have a feeling that this might exist. Yeah. You know, but the plaza buried it. Oh yeah. So like we, we didn't do that. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, it gets weird. The plaza lets a lot, they, they, they allowed a lot of things to happen and they were very accommodating to people that maybe they shouldn't have been so accommodating to. But that's what makes them special. Yeah. But when you think about the plaza and why it's last this long, I think the year it was the year it opened was in 1907. And then something I just found out um, during this time, there was something called the Panic of 1907. So the economy went through a recession and a lot of banks across the country. I think it was like a wave of panic and I don't know. I didn't read too much into it, but um, apparently the plaza wasn't so affected by it, but a lot of banks went bankrupt. And I think the fact that it started and thrived during like a really crazy time just proved it just says everything you need to know about the plaza. Like it will just adapt. Yeah, that's what is really cool. It, It just goes with it. It doesn't it's not like this is how we do it and that's it they're like okay we can't do this we'll just do something else but they still don't lose their class it's like very interesting yeah i i I admire them more people should be like the plaza (laughs) very much um maybe not like the plaza's like very very start though i keep forgetting i want to mention this but there was a lot of um violence like at the start when the plaza was when the second plaza i should say was being built not the first one um oh with the union workers yeah with the union workers um so it's just fascinating how the justice system <laughs> could work back then so it wasn't a justice system no. it was a give me some money yeah and make it go away system <laughs> exactly. so it's the same as now. um so one day there there were a few different um, retired police officers who had been hired as kind of security on the site because the union workers were feuding with the non-union workers, basically. The union workers were in the middle of negotiations to get a raise for what they were doing. And in the meantime, the, the plaza just hired some non-union workers to get this other faster work done cheaper. The union workers didn't care for it. So... 
as they would finish one floor and move up to the next floor, the union workers would be working a level above the non-union workers, and they would just like casually drop some like molten hot metal <gasps> down uh, near where the non-union workers happened to be working. <laughs> so that's why like that. these officers needed to be hired to try to keep the peace because it was getting worse and worse. And so one day, um, Michael Butler, one of them, uh, was just on his rounds. Uh, he turned his back to the union iron workers and was hit in the head with an iron bolt. And then about 10 workers just jumped him, start beating him. Um, they beat him until he was unconscious and then just threw his body through a hole in the unfinished floor. And he fell two stories and just was down there. He lived. Wow. Uh, he was unconscious for a while. Um, a fellow uh, guard tried to come over to help which the floor is not done so they're having to balance on the iron beams and stuff so obviously the security guards not so great at that the iron workers have been doing it forever so they're great at it um so they're a little bit off balance and so he's trying to get over there to help and of course he gets beaten oh <laughs> as my well God. beaten with tools left unconscious and bleeding uh, a third officer tries to come over he gets beaten with wrenches and passes out so then the workers just left the three men where they were and returned to work and one of them woke up and without being seen managed to slip down one of the poles and get to the ground floor and call for the police and so the police come and are trying to get up there and the workers had booby trapped the ladders oh my god the police couldn't even get up there it was a whole situation they finally were able to get up there. I think they finally had to draw their weapons and were like, okay, we're going to shoot you, basically. These are all the union workers. Yeah, these are all the union workers. Wow. Because, yeah, because that's how heated things had gotten. So, Yikes. yeah, so a few days later, um, seven of the iron workers were brought to trial for the first uh, guard, Michael Butler, for his incident. And 50 of their co-workers were called as witnesses and they all testified that they didn't see anything they didn't hear anything they're a team yeah and so they were the jury came back and ruled that butler had fallen by accident and they were all acquitted oh my god oh come on yeah and then of course the the injuries that the other two officers experienced were also were never explained like they just were like oh, forget about those oh. yeah so he bumped his head. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. So just this the whole the beginning of the plaza, like from before it's even built, is just drama. Yeah, this place is drama <laughs> all day, every day. That's crazy. I forgot the details of that story, and hearing you say it again, that's so intense. Yeah. I would be terrified as a non-union worker to work alongside union workers, and basically. I think there's a word for it, scabbing, right? Is that the right word? Where like you're doing the job of you're you're that interfering right, sure. with the I don't know if that's right. I don't know if that's right. I'm gonna Google sounds it. good. <laughs> I'm gonna Google it. But um you're interfering with like the whole yeah, thing. With the whole system. And it's uh, it's like yeah. I don't know. It's it's a it's hard because like people need work and like, you know, but at the same time, the unions are fighting. But they, they're motherfuckers. That was, like, really <laughs> yeah. intense. Oh, my God. Why do you got to do that? But, whoa. Oh, my God. 
Um, I'm scared of union workers. <laughs> just gotta be in, just gotta join the union and then you'll be protected. Oh yeah, yeah. It is uh Okay, I was right. It's well they also call it a strike breaker. And a strike breaker sometimes called a scab, black leg, or knobstick. Those aren't mm. nice names. Is a person who works despite an ongoing strike. Mm. Yeah. That's what I thought. I wouldn't want to do that. No. You're like really asking for trouble. That, that's a hard position to be in. Man, the drama. Um, but they but they did manage to finish the plaza. Yes, they did. In case you were wondering, with bated breath. They did negotiate, right? Like, yes. They won? Yeah, they, I mean, did, they, they to. came to an agreement. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, yeah, well, they, they, they didn't were... want to die. <laughs> yeah. They the the plaza, the company that uh, was building the plaza wanted to give them four fifty. They wanted five, and they came to an agreement at four eighty. So they met right right there in the middle. Wow, four eighty an hour, or a day, or a week? Probably a week. Probably a week. Yeah, I'm not positive, but probably a, a an week. hour. Yeah. They'd be loaded. Yeah, so it was definitely a week. Yeah, whoa, that's like intense. I would also fight for the something if I was getting so little. I'm, I'm just thinking about it. It's freaking me out right now. <laughs> no, you're safe. But um, in general, when they were building the plaza, they like imported all this stuff from Europe. I mean, it, there was so much work involved. So I feel like those union workers probably did an insane amount of work and they deserved the 480. Yeah. They, they probably deserved, deserved the, the five. five. Yeah. But like... You know, they, they, the designer of the hotel, his name was Janeway Hardenberg. Is that a girl or a guy? Hen, uh, Henry Janeway Hardenberg. Oh, I missed his yeah. first name. Uh, he did a really good job. I think a lot of people also, there was an extension of the plaza and uh, there were a couple other designers well known. Um, they even, they had rooms like designed specifically for people. I just read Christian Dior had a room designed oh. for him. Yeah. Wow. I know. And then someone took over that room. I forgot. I'm blinking. But it's an interesting fact. Yeah. That's <laughs> so cool. Yeah. And Hardenberg also was the architect previously for the Waldorf Astoria. So they kind of took a page from the Waldorf's book. But uh, I remember reading that uh, there was like an architectural kind of critic, basically, that says that the hard that Hardenberg really reached his masterpiece with the plaza that he kind of that even the Waldorf couldn't compare to to what he managed to do kind with the plaza. True. It's still like beautiful. I mean, there are other hotels that are really nice. I mean, it, there's so much now, so much history and so so many things that have been developed since then. But the plaza to this day, like the details, it's so nice. You can tell there was so much thought put into everything. And it was like high quality stuff. And even there, I think it's the Edwardian room or there's a room or an oak room. I forgot what it was, but they basically like a lot of it had real uh, like rare pieces of something. And they actually made uh, to extend it. They like found fake ones, but they did such a good job. No one can tell. I forgot what part of it of the room. No one can tell. It's like the upper part. And they also had murals painted by a famous uh, artist, American artist in the Oak Room. Yeah. That is um, 
that is supposedly the inspiration from Walt Disney for Walt Disney's Disney, like Cinderella Castle, like those old European uh, yeah. castles in the paintings. And apparently, of course, Walt Disney went in there and saw. So he's like, yeah, I would like a woman in that house. I don't know what he was thinking. <laughs> He's like, I like the idea of someone cleaning my space because I'm in a hotel and that looks like a castle. Cinderella. Cinderella. Now, I know Cinderella has like a whole folktale <laughs> behind it, but you know, uh, I feel like he embellished the cleaning lady and castle part. <laughs> but um, the, the what was that painter? She, uh, Everett think, Chin. Everett Chin, right. I mean, those murals are so valuable. If I was thief i would just go right to the oak room and be like let me take that don't do that <laughs> yeah don't do that we're not i don't think they we're not get away with that yeah. <laughs> but i don't i think it would be very difficult i don't know if they're I don't, I don't think you can just rip off the wall but it's uh it's pretty cool that it's still there and um yeah out of all of the rooms that that one is still there because a lot of the rooms. A lot changed. of them have changed, yeah. come and gone, been replaced with other things. I definitely wish a few of them still existed, like the Persian room. Yes, <laughs> I want to yeah. see a show there. I, I mean, I think there's a, a the plaza has changed so much, but I wish they would go back to the Persian room was a room in the lobby. It's where the Rose Room is now. And it's just a bar now. I don't even think it's open. The last time I was there, it wasn't open. Um, and the Persian room had, it was, again, painting and murals of, like, Persian art. And it was a nightclub. And people, all these famous people performed there. I wrote down a list. <laughs> like, Bob Hope, Duke Ellington, Billie Holiday, Liza Minnelli, Eartha Kitt, Ethel Merman, Lena Horne, Miles Davis, and uh, I'm sure, and I'm sure like Frank Sinatra and like literally yeah. everyone through the was a big one there. Oh yes, Hildegard. Yeah, Hildegard. That was the, <laughs> me and my cousin when we went in. We were talking about Hildegard. She was really big back in the day. She was yeah. a singer, right? Yes. I forgot about that. I love her name, Hildegard. I know it's great. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, I, I I can imagine like every night. It's like, oh, who's playing at the Persian room? Like, yeah. That would have been fun. That would have been great. Because it was big, but it was it's intimate. So, and you have these huge acts. It's probably not easy to get a ticket there. It yeah, really I would expensive. imagine not. Yeah, yeah, I imagine it would sell out. But still, like, if you had money, that's pretty, pretty sweet. Yeah, that was the place to be. Yeah. Imagine, like, Beyonce performing. And you're like, yeah, I'm going to see Beyonce. It's no big deal. In basically a dining room. <laughs> <laughs> She's my dinner entertainment. Yeah. What? <laughs> I think maybe they, they couldn't make it uh, a thing because eventually the celebrities are like, no more. This is too pathetic. <laughs> <laughs> well, so I think that brings us up to kind of the prohibition era for the plaza. Yeah, but um, when was the per the Persian room was uh, That's built? That's not till the Depression. Oh, oh okay, God, that comes after. Comes after. Oh, yeah. I'm sorry. That's okay. I didn't mean to skip ahead. Oh no, we're 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 skippers. You know, we're mentioning architecture. That's a big part of the architecture. Yeah. yeah. We're giving little teasers for for things to come. 
Yeah, because the Persian room lasts a pretty long time. Yeah. Right? And then it it turns into like. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, before continue, I'll stop talking. <laughs> so uh, prohibition, obviously, one of my favorite times past because it's just so fascinating. But um, the hard. It was a little rough for the plaza during prohibition because suddenly one of their major sources of income, alcohol, is no longer legal to be sold on the premises. So they have to start coming up with some other ways to make up that income. Yeah. And I think that's when they change. This was before the Persian room and they changed the lobby into an automobile. Or is that during the Depression? That might be during the Depression, oh, okay. yeah. So many changes. It's, they, it's hard th- to keep up. That lobby was a hair salon or a barbershop. Yeah. Not even a hair salon, a barbershop. <laughs> oh, because men and women, like women weren't allowed in anywhere. They can only go to their rooms. Um, and there was a, a barbershop, an automobile showroom, and some other thing. Some and broker's offices, yeah. I think. Yeah. And then I think the Oak Room was... They literally made one of these play- like beautiful bars is just like the back room. Yeah. As a storage. Like storage. Yeah. Yeah. Because I, you know, it's tough if you can't serve alcohol. Yeah. Like what are you, what are people going to do? Yeah, and with different times not having enough guests in the hotel, like you don't yeah. need all of this space, so use yeah. it for something else. But yeah, so of course they started I think having tea parties a lot instead. Oh, they had these fake tea parties. Yes. Everyone knew the tea party meant you get alcohol on the down low. Yeah, bring your flask, BYOB. I think they were selling it also, right? They were selling, like, if you said the right thing to yeah, the waiter. Yeah, the waiter would. Yeah, yeah the hotel itself officially would. Yeah. yeah, it was not. But if you said the right thing to the yeah, waiter. Yeah, you said, I want the Norwegian tea <laughs> or whatever, you know? Yeah. Like, they're like, we have that (laughs) (laughs) you're in luck you just have to pay extra (laughs) yeah so of course lots of the jazz age uh celebrities are going to be hanging around there um f scott fitzgerald loved the plaza even before he was famous he was staying there he was living in this tiny little drab bronx apartment but he would spend as much time as he could at the plaza. Um, yeah, so would I. Yeah. I don't know, living in the yeah. Bronx at the time, I'd be like, see ya. <laughs> Gotta get out Gotta of go here. to the fountain at the plaza. <laughs> exactly. So yeah, he li- he loved the grill bar, I believe. He loved the Rose Room. Um, yeah, I remember it, reading that he would spend Saturdays at the Rose Room. Um, but yeah, and so of course, the plaza is going to show up in Fitzgerald's work. It, it becomes kind of this shorthand for him to symbolize um, the wealth and not just the wealth, but how frivolous that lifestyle could be. So I think um, the plaza shows up in The Great Gatsby. Um, I, it also shows up, I want to say, this side of paradise. I can't remember for well, sure. Well, something like the plaza. Yeah. It represents a lot. Yeah. And so, they dedicated a room. The room he stayed in, I don't know if it exists anywhere, but today, because they filmed the room, um, they filmed The Great Gatsby by Baz Luhrmann in the plaza they now are have a room the great gatsby room oh that's awesome yeah. that's a very expensive yeah, I, I <laughs> <laughs> so i think it's really interesting that uh, so up to this point you know this side of paradise comes out in 1920 so 
Fitzgerald is already staying at the plaza as much as he can. At this point, the plaza is kind of already an institution and it's only 13 years old. I mean, it really just yeah. came onto the scene and was it. It was the big deal and stayed that way. So I think that is just really fascinating that it happened so early on in its journey, I guess. Yeah. And I think also why people love the plaza throughout history is because it was a place where things things got change happened, like even with the unions, you know, like a lot of places they probably wouldn't negotiate or, you know, they they never I just feel like especially back then, they just did not care about people. And the fact that the plaza was willing to like you know, handle the unions and then also talk about segregation. Like there was a lot of things that came up throughout the plaza's history that basically allowed, they changed. And it was like the ground in which people would challenge the, you know, the The status status quo. quo. Yeah. Yeah. And um, even there's a famous woman, is she the princess that she's sitting in the, what is now the uh, parlor or the, um, the tea room. Oh my god, I'm forgetting the name. It's the big one. <laughs> it's the big name. It's the big uh, the oak room. Not the oak room. The, it's like when one. you go straight the in the palm. The palmer. The, the palm, palm court. court. Yes, that's it. The palm court. Um, <laughs> struggling there. <laughs> so this woman, I think it's the. I think it was the princess because it was a European princess. She goes into the palm court, and this was especially like the early 1900s. And she starts smoking a cigarette. Oh, yeah. And this act is very controversial. Women shouldn't be smoking. They shouldn't be smoking in public. And especially not, I mean, not in a restaurant for the same reasons today, but back then. And people were appalled. And instead of kicking her out, I think they tried, but they, you know, they accommodate. They just put up a little, um, like, curtain. Like, they put, like, a little uh, fence around her to block her. They're like, you know what? We'll, we'll you know make sure no one sees you so they don't get offended but you can still smoke and that for that time yeah says a lot about the plaza they're like you know what we'll work we'll work with yeah the change that's happening here yeah i think the only story i read where they did actually ask someone to leave was because a woman didn't wear stockings underneath her dress and I bet you that manager got fired. Probably. Yeah. yeah. Like th- he came over and asked her to leave and she was like, sir, it's being done. And he said, not here. This is the plaza. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, he probably. Yeah. There, the, I feel like there was a, a couple of people like that. But then there was that other side yeah. where they were okay. much, many more stories of them th- actually must been being the first, flexible. Yeah, yeah. It must have been like the first day yeah. for the guy. And the first day there. Because there was a lot of stories where the managers like thought they could get away. And everyone's like, no, that's not how things yeah. are done. And enough widowers, or widows, I should say, not widowers, um, come in and basically are like, you're not telling me what to do. Yeah. I'm going to be, I'm going to sit here and have my lunch in the middle of the lobby, <laughs> take out my folding chair, smoke a cigarette, you know, play Yahtzee or whatever. Whatever they played back in yeah. the day, I don't know. <laughs> and so I don't even know if that was a mental. Like, yeah, no. and gin. Yeah, drink a gin, play a gin, gin, and there's nothing you can do. And they would just have to work around these people. So, I, yeah, this guy must have been new. Yeah, he didn't last very long. Absolutely. But it, okay, so what are we up to? Um. So, <laughs> so we're still in prohibition. Um. I think my. <laughs> so we we mentioned before that uh, Harry S. Black was one of the co-founders of the plaza. 
Um, during this time, he actually got into a little bit of legal trouble. He liked to go to Florida to vacation, as you know, what New Yorker oh, doesn't. Yes, yes. Okay. Okay. I remember this. <laughs> and so he traveled there by train car, uh, and then would stay in a hotel. And so his uh, train car was being moved for whatever reason at around midnight. That was. That raised some flags, and so a security person called it in and called the prohibition police, basically, and they came and raided his train car, and it was just full of hooch. Yeah. So much alcohol. Um, $8,000 worth. In 1921. So, okay, yeah. So, so the hotel was selling the alcohol. Yeah. That's what I thought. So imagine how much, I don't know how much $8,000 in 1921 would be worth now, but that's a lot. Oh, like to $20,000? $20, to me, $8,000 worth of alcohol is a lot for one yeah. person to have personally in their little train car, even that's a lot. now. Yeah, that is, that is a so lot. So back then, yeah. I mean, he was providing for like probably a, whole, a hotel for a year. Yeah. Of alcohol. I assume. I, yeah. I'm hoping it was for the plaza and not just his personal. No, stock. it was for the plaza. <laughs> he, I think it, he was definitely. I would like so. the story so much more if it was just his own personal. Alcohol. I mean, I'm sure he. But then it would, there would have been stories of him drink, yeah. having drinking problems. That's true. Yeah. So yeah, him he, streaking in the plaza because he's drunk. Right. So of course they haul him to court. Um, he insisted he was not guilty. He says he told his porter to buy grapefruit and the man misheard and bought liquor instead. What a fuck up. (laughs) Like grapefruit. Is there even any kind of liquor or alcohol that sounds like the word grapefruit? No, that is like the weakest (laughs) excuse I've ever heard. So weird. Yeah. So I don't know. But, but stroke of genius. He, insisted that the jury try what was found in his train car and so after repeatedly trying many rounds the jury found him not guilty they said yeah he got he, the jury drunk yeah he got the jury drunk <laughs> and they allowed it yeah because they all want hooch and imagine yeah, at that have, time yeah free free alcohol, alcohol. and okay. you're so you're being allowed to well, do it make by a, a judge deal if i uh, let you keep this you give me you know for you the know. next couple of years <laughs> Um, so, probably. Yeah, so not guilty. Yeah, not guilty, yeah. but corrupt. Yeah, so, <laughs> like they said, justice system back then. Yeah. That's like... So... <laughs> someone getting caught with a bunch of weed, and it's like, wait, wait, wait. Before you judge me, <laughs> just... Just, just try smoke it. a little. Just smoke a little. Let's all just gather and in And you this tell room. me if this is weed. Yeah, I'll put on some music. <laughs> yeah, tell me how effective the weed yeah. is, and before you know it, <laughs> none of them show up to court. Not guilty. Like, <laughs> yeah mistrial yeah <laughs> that's i love that that happened i love yeah. how like that's how you knew people that the whole alcohol prohibition was sewn up about the people no one was like oh if you drink alcohol you're a bad person it was like that one guy <laughs> you know he's like you're bad and everyone's like okay uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> you got me <laughs> Yeah. So, um, so now we're moving on into uh, the end of the Jazz Age. By August 1929, however, the Plaza was considered the third most valuable hotel in New York, and oh, uh, yeah, and it was valued at this time at 13.8 million, which is about 200 million today. That's actually crazy. Okay. Yeah. Go on. Because yeah. now and I'm doing all the math yeah. in my head about the other <laughs> yeah, about values. The future, yeah. 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 And so and it was doing the best business in its history. So of course 
not to foreshadow, but to foreshadow August 1929. Like we're getting into a dun 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 yeah time period here. So we're only a couple of months away from October the crash. From the crash. <laughs> <laughs> so moving into the crash and the depression. It black really uh well black also was a hustler. Yeah. He was always making um like bets and and well he wasn't, you know, John bet a million gates, yeah. but he was risky and yeah. he owed he a lot aggressive. of money and yeah. he was yeah, he he you know but you have to be in order yeah. to make the plaza and to make all these things happen but it takes a toll on you it does and he, he started making some not yeah. the s- most sound financial decisions everybody was just so gung-ho that the stock market could couldn't fail that it was just yeah. going to keep going up and up and up which is so weird because in 1907 the panic, the panic. of nine, yeah. 1907 and also, that long ago. you already had a world war yeah and you had to ration uh well did we have to we probably yeah. i feel like they yeah. just rationed in general <laughs> before 1950 everyone just lived just on rations. rations there was no war they're like you only get one <laughs> stick of butter for the year um but yeah like you already knew that things are not certain yeah so i guess because they wasn't they weren't affected in 1907 so they probably were like oh we're fine we're the plaza yeah that's got true. too cocky but yeah so he not he had stopped just getting loans from banks at this point he is now and he's decided that that's old-fashioned don't need to do that anymore now he's just selling stock and using the money he raises from that stock to build the structure so people are buying stock for something that doesn't actually exist yet which i don't know how that doesn't ring any bell alarm bells <laughs> to them back i think then. they're all worried about yeah. their <laughs> they're just so they were just so overly confident but of course October hits, the crash hits, and things don't go so well for Black. No. And... Uh, or things, anyone else. Or anyone else. <laughs> so the plaza get does get a, very affected, very much affected by the crash. And Harry S. Black tries his first attempt at suicide. Yes. In, in October, like, actually, his first suicide attempt came before the big crash. He knew what was coming. Yeah, he knew it was coming. Yeah. And so, yeah. I feel like the rich guys knew. Yeah. Like, the ones on top. They were like, like ooh, fuck. Yeah. crap, what do we do? Yeah. So, w- were there a lot of suicides at that time? They claim that there were. They always say that there was, like, a suicide a day, but there actually weren't. I think they recorded, like, 13 tops over that whole period. So yeah, it really wasn't that I, bad. I don't think it was a suicide a day. I think what was weird is probably seeing people like Harry S. Yeah. Black commit suicide. Yeah. That's what was scary. So even if there was like five of those, that's a big that's a, red flag. Yeah. And I think the rest of us are like, fuck, I can't die. I have kids. And, <laughs> yeah, I've got responsibilities. Yeah. yeah. And maybe because they were used to it, too. If you were poor, something yeah. my mom always said, it's like when you're so poor, Really, the economy doesn't affect you that much. Exactly. You're like, I'm used yeah. to this. That's my one of my favorite lines in It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. They're like, they're like, we're old poor. They're what you call new poor. <laughs> like, they're they not just, used to it. It's yeah, really true. It. It's like when uh, uh, I forgot who, I don't know if this was uh, in school, but someone's like, you know, who do you, you have a piece of bread. Who do you give the bigger piece to? The man who's been living on the streets for a year or the guy who just went on the street? Like got on the street and he was, you know, poor and all the stuff. It's like you give it to the man who used to be rich. He's not used yeah. to it, <laughs> and it's like 
yeah, that's kind of true. Yeah, kind of like, true. You got to ease him into yeah. this life a little bit. <laughs> Slowly lessen his uh, piece of bread every day. Exactly. Yeah. So ration his bread. <laughs> Black was not down for the rationing to come. He was over it. So well, it wasn't just that he was in huge financial yeah. trouble. Just yeah, yeah. completely. And I, his I, company I, collapses basically. And I don't know. I know he he was warned about it though by some people. They were like, "Don't do that," and he persisted. Yeah. And I think, um, yeah, he was terrified of going bankrupt and I guess being poor. But I think it's more than that. There has to be ego involved. Oh, yeah. I think he that, had never lost up to this point. That's he the had thing, never the lost. Yeah. That's why it hit them so hard because they this is who they were. And poor people, they were like, I'm poor. Like, this isn't who I am. This is what I'm dealing with. I don't know. I, I, I would love to interview people who survived the 1920 crash, but I think they're all dead. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but like, it makes sense that a lot of them took it a, way harder. Yeah. Um, than other people. Yeah. I, I than just can imagine. Basically. Well, technically, my yeah. grandmother was born around that time, but I think she was too young to even remember. Yeah, because my my grandfather wasn't born until 1929. So. Yeah. 1927, yeah. 1929. Yeah. I mean, both my grandmothers are dead now. Yeah, but... ditto. So I couldn't ask them even anyway, when but... I Even when I, she <laughs> was alive, I, I mean, I knew she had a, she struggled with some things. She, she wasn't wealthy. She lived, uh, you know, in a poor neighborhood and didn't have much. But um, I think by the time she had memories, you know. Yeah. She was used to it. But yeah. If you grow, if you're like a child in the depression, then you just grow up like that. That's yeah. Just, that's just how it is. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. So he attempts suicide for the first time. In his bathtub. Right. Who found him? His butler? His butler. Yeah. So his Thank butler God for finds butlers. him. Right. Well, that's not what Black was like. They're butler. I know. Couldn't just slack off for once. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, I wish I had a butler. I don't want to kill myself. But if I had a butler, I would want him to save me if I was like drowning exactly. in my own tub. Or just, you yeah. know, in general. Absolutely. Yes. A lot of cases, the butler finds the unfortunate. Or the housekeeper, like yeah. Marilyn Monroe. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. So, but of course he... They didn't, they knew what he had done. So they didn't want there to be a big scandal. So instead of calling the police, the butler calls the gas company because the gas company has um, a pulmonary crew with a breathing apparatus. <laughs> and so they bring over their breathing oh apparatus my. and give him CPR and then try to put him on this breathing apparatus. Um, and finally, they, um, and eventually, like the hotel doctor gets involved. And I think they finally do call the police. And by that time, they've tried to get their story straight. And the hotel doctor says that um, that he fainted due to indigestion brought about by the hot water from the bathtub. Oh, wow. Yeah. They, they were, their excuses were not yeah. <laughs> so great back then. No. No. Powerful people are just used to, I guess, getting whatever they want. I think so, so. especially men. Yeah, they're like, I, I don't need to try with my excuse. Yeah. I'm just gonna say the first thing that pops into my head. Yeah, <laughs> grapefruit. They, yeah, <laughs> and bathtub indigestion. Yeah. Oh man, I can't take a bath otherwise. I'm all gassy. <laughs> <laughs> but also, I something interesting about that breathing apparatus was that it. I think. I don't know if that if it was in that story, but the fact that the butler knew about it and it's only accessible to like super wealthy people, <laughs> yeah. and he that's actually a really smart butler for the time. 
But how long did that take? I can't imagine anything going they that fast. They worked on him. They worked on him for nine hours before they finally said. Was he not said, breathing? I, I, well, I guess not. It was kind of a miracle. How yeah, did... I know. But so he, yeah, after nine hours, they said he was conscious and like through the worst of it, I guess. But he was never the same. He like, was never the same. Um, yeah. And then he did end up killing himself. Yeah. Um, a few back. Uh, I would say like eight months later. Eight or nine months later, yeah, he managed. He to... should have been on suicide watch. Yeah, he really yeah. should have. Yeah, he yeah he woke up in the morning and um, he didn't come down after like eleven a.m. They were like, okay, we gotta go check. Well, how did he do it this time? Uh, he then? shot himself, self, in the right temple, I believe. But he didn't die immediately. It took him all day to die. Wow. Yeah. What what. But but I guess he was unconscious and they could tell. Like in the book, she just says like they could tell like he wasn't gonna make it. So I guess they didn't bother to call the doctor or something. Oh they just, they're like he really yeah wanted to die. Just, yeah. So by the evening he was he died. Oh my God. But, I mean this is not a light topic, but just he was not good at this. He's not good at this. Yeah. I don't. I, I this is when you need to have a pact with your butler that says if I can't get it done myself, what happened to good old poison? You kill me. Also, yeah. I feel like th- during that time everything killed you. How was he? Al- how does anyone survive <laughs> past true. that age of five? Yeah, because he was in his sixties, so he's already doing pretty well <laughs> for survival rates. Wow. I feel like there there are or there were I should say because I don't none of them are still alive, but there were these men like these. Uh, historical men like uh, from you know Rockefeller they lived till yeah in their 90s what did they drink maybe it was all that that's just what what money the kind of healthcare money money? gets you (laughs) that's the secret to longevity (laughs) they just blended it you think they just drank the oil that they found in the ground that made them rich like (laughs) so I think they sold their soul to the devil yeah I was gonna say the devil for sure for sure So, yeah. So, Black exits <laughs> stage left. Um, actually, and only a couple of years later, his partner, Beinecke, dies of natural causes. In Stress. His, yeah. <laughs> yeah. He, but he dies in his suite at the plaza. Um, and then a year oh, later. I didn't know that either. Yeah. And then a year later, the plaza's first manager, Frederick Sterry, also dies. So. <laughs> what did he die of? Um, Syphilis. I, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I think age. I think age. it would have said if it was something interesting. <laughs> no, maybe they covered so, up that one pretty well. Yeah. So yeah, we're in the, we're in the throes of the depression. All of the starting figures for the plaza are gone. Um, I mean the and the the plaza itself is starting to look a little oh yeah worse for uh, wear. Um, they don't have any money to you know keep it to maintain it. So yeah, that's the, when they close a couple of rooms. Yeah. Um, they use the oak room for storage. They called it the back room. Uh, things went into disrepair. They couldn't yeah. refurnish anything. Yeah. The Pulitzer Fountain was crumbling. Water had stopped even coming out of the spigots. And this sad, maybe most telling of all, um, Pomona, the goddess of plenty, who is in front of the plaza, her pedestal is cracked and chipped and just looks, oh. she just looks toe up. And they, they couldn't even pay their staff, right? Yeah. The, the staff had serious delays in getting paid. Man. Yeah, um, the hotel rates dropped. Hotel rates across the board, across the country, dropped thirty yeah. percent between nineteen twenty nine and nineteen thirty three. I'm shocked they didn't drop a hundred percent. I know, right? Um, yeah, because like they said that the hotels were down to a fifty one percent occupancy rate, which in my mind for the depression that's pretty good. Yeah, 
But I guess, it, yeah. but compared to what they were, and yeah. who knows how? Much, I think whoever was they dropped the rates, yeah, and whoever was staying there, it was like really cheap. It yeah. was probably not even worth it for them. Right, it's probably more of a burden to keep them on, like the guests. Yeah, using up all their <laughs> yeah, resources, and they need staff for the guests. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah, and the hotels kind of made it worse for themselves because they're trying to compete with each other. So they would slash prices, uh, and then the yeah. next one would slash their prices, and they just kept going back and forth until, yeah, you just weren't paying anything for a yeah. hotel room. So yeah, the hotel struggled a lot. Yeah, in oh. fact, like, by 1932, it said 81% of the nation's hotels had filed for bankruptcy. But, but the not plaza, the plaza. Yeah, the, not yet. Not yet. The plaza made it through the Depression without bankruptcy. <laughs> didn't make it through the Trump didn't era. Didn't make it through so. Trump. <laughs> <laughs> Trump is going to come up a lot in here, and we're going to make a fun of him yeah. a lot. Yeah, a lot. <laughs> so just be ready for it. This is This is no hate. Like, this is not even political. No, this is not political hate whatsoever. No, this is purely financial. I am am thinking of Trump strictly on just the plaza and, like, the old school Trump and uh, Home Alone and how it's just ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah. This is, like, pre-2001 Trump. Yeah. Before he became really annoying. Yeah. Before he became a problem, I should say. Yeah, exactly. This is pre Well pre-openly problematic Trump. He was just like the annoying real estate guy that you can make yeah. fun of and you were like okay with celebrities taking pictures with him. <laughs> and now everyone's like, fuck Trump. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. So we're just purely that side of Trump. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. So, yeah. It, it was a little rough for a... But the one great thing that did happen during the Depression is the repeal of Prohibition. Because now, thank... God, you can finally openly serve alcohol and charge for it again. Yeah, openly. That's openly. The exactly. Word. Openly. Everyone's like, Whoo. <laughs> Whoo. yeah, that was so rough. <laughs> well, that was, you know what? Actually, that was, the, I have a little fact about Prohibition um, because I worked at a brewery and during Prohibition, the breweries would secretly sell beer. Mm. Uh, they would pretend like they were like, oh, we had soft drinks and the beer is less than one percent. But then they really you know. But the day uh, Prohibition ended, um, what's her name? Jean Harlow, the Marilyn Monroe of the 1920s, went into the street in L.A., went to the uh, brewery that actually was in downtown Los Angeles called Eastside Brewery. I don't know. Something like that. And she all of a sudden magically appeared with a bunch of beer cans and was like, woohoo! Prohibition in the streets. Everyone's taking pictures. Everyone's like, "This is great." How did you get all this alcohol so fast? <laughs> There's like, she's in the newspaper. Like, ah. like no one's going after them, giving them fines. Like, oh, I think everyone was just so relieved. Yeah, they were just so happy. It, it was, was over. They're like, look, whatever. Special statute of limitations. Yeah, I think <laughs> really, no one gave a shit at that point. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so, but because Prohibition is over, now finally we can open the Persian room, sell alcohol, have live music and dinner and all the fun. Live life. Open again. Yeah. Yeah. So, which you would think that opening something like the Persian room wouldn't make a lot of sense during the Depression because who's going out to dinner? Who has the money for that? But everything was just so depressing, obviously, um, that people needed an escape. So... They, they spend say that, money. that during recessions and depressions that the things people spend money on, yeah. it's like movies, it's actually self-care. Um, and that makes sense because like, although you think it's expensive, what people aren't spending money on is cars, homes, right. travel, 
So maybe they were smart yeah, for doing that. Yeah, so they got a little pocket money. Yeah. And, they and I'm sure dinner. some people went there and got like a little water, a little seltzer, yeah. and a cracker. And the plaza was like, okay, we'll okay, let you stay. You can stay, yeah. <laughs> so I think like you could get a gin, I think, for 55 cents. Or you could get like the full dinner drinks and a show for $3. Oh, my God. What yeah. a steal. What a steal. <laughs> I think you can still get that in Thailand. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> so, yeah, so we've got the Persian room here, which it, that we mentioned earlier. Um, it's It was actually designed by Joseph Urban, who is famous for designing a lot of the sets for the Ziegfeld Follies, which was a very popular re- Broadway review in the 20s and 30s. Um, so, of course, it's full of red curtains, red carpets, Persian blue accents, and then the uh, wall murals that we were discussing earlier separate from the oak room wall murals these are different ones yeah imagine how i wonder those would have been valuable if they kept them yeah i would think so do you think the plaza has a secret storeroom like the vatican but for the plaza yes i didn't even <laughs> the know plaza about that vault. oh my god i don't want to know what's in the vatican's <laughs> store but <laughs> um i i think the, the plaza has to have that they've got to that Surely. wow i what i would give to go into that room Oh my God! Yeah, because surely they wouldn't get rid of that. Yeah, stuff. they can't. That's like history. Yeah, I hope so. I hope they still have those I know. things. We should email them. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like they would be open to answering our emails because they're the plaza and they're so nice. They might. You never yeah. know. It doesn't hurt. Unless to try. there's skeletons in there. Unless there's Arius <laughs> Black in there. <laughs> I know. I believe he was buried next to his nephew that we know of specifically yeah no, that's true all right who else do we know there? someone's in there <gasps> that's i'm not gonna say i don't want to give away the next segment <laughs> of our podcast yes so um yeah so the persian room definitely picks up the income a little bit for the plaza they're starting to do better um towards the end of the 30s we're starting to come out of the depression a little bit anyway um so things are picking up a little bit. Um, the ballroom, actually, at this time, all during the Depression, still hosted glamorous parties for all of the wealthy women. Um, difference being they just turned them into charity events. So I guess here's the beginning of your gala season. Mm. <laughs> so they, instead of just having a party for no reason, they would have a charity event for people suffering. This is where white guilt yes. gets introduced. <laughs> and we're happy about it. And rich guilt, yeah. And rich, yeah. Well, who was rich at the yeah. time? Yeah, th- there were still a few wealthy people. No, I'm saying oh, yeah. white people. Oh, white people. Yeah. yeah. True. True that. <laughs> that Absolutely. Al- that was, they were allowed into the plaza. Right. Men, mostly. Yeah. <laughs> oh, wait, actually, the women were the, the women ones. The women were the ones, oh, yeah, yeah, in the ballroom. That's true. When they were allowed in there. Yeah, when they were allowed in <laughs> After there. After the hours of work. So, so there was still segregation. Women couldn't go into the oak room. They couldn't have lunch in the, right? What was it? In the, it was palm, the, in the palm, in the palm court, court. It, they they were there only between like one and two o'clock. I don't know on the, on the weekends, and then during the week it was only men. It's like an LA coffee shop. It's only yeah. open on Sundays and Wednesdays from one fifteen yeah. to three thirty. <laughs> yeah, and you have to have a chaperone. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, but things are getting better for the hotel workers because they are finally able to unionize in nineteen thirty eight. They've been trying. For decades at this point to unionize. It kept falling through, kept falling through, finally unionize. Um, they managed to get their minimum weekly wages at $9 for waiters, $7.50 for waitresses. Of course, can't have equal pay. 
and $18 for telephone operators. That's crazy. So that was the, that's yeah. what you wanted to be. But those were all women. Most of them. That's what I'm thinking. At least I know it was in the 50s. I, well, according to Mad Men, they, yeah. that was all. <laughs> and, <laughs> yeah. And like, I know my, my great grandmother. Oh, yeah, so, but that was in like, I think the 40s. And, you know why? Yeah, 40s and 50s. You know why it was so, all women? Because we could because we can process and communicate much faster and we're good we're good gossip <laughs> listeners yeah. yeah you were almost there it's like we know how to eavesdrop the man would just be like <laughs> what'd you say wait what was this call finished <laughs> yeah <laughs> but yeah so but these wages were just a starting point uh over the next nine years they actually uh hourly average earnings for hotel workers would more than double so things are looking up for the staff I'm happy for the staff. Me too. Yeah, the plaza did well. Oh, and I want to mention something about some of our celebrity guests here. So Cecil Beaton, who is a famous photographer, and I think he was also like a director or actor. Anyways, he was a big shot back then. He was at the plaza taking photos of, you know, all this stuff. He also would have celebrities come to his hotel room and he would take their passport photos. And one of their his friends was Greta Garbo. Hmm. This was during the 1940s. Um, he also actually would repurpose old hotel furniture and art to make it his the room that he was in his own. So people would do that. They would go into this hotel room and be like, I don't like what you did. I'm going to redo it. Yeah. And some of it was really ugly. And the, the plaza was just like, okay. Again, the plaza is like adaptable. They're they're going to make nice with everyone, especially if you're rich. Yeah. And they, you know, people were like, I want green and zebra. And they're like, okay. We, we just brought all this European beautiful gold and <laughs> paintings and like worth millions of dollars. But if you want the zebra couch. You can have the yeah, zebra couch. With like your peacock just hanging around yes. the room can continue to pay us a yearly yeah. rate and you can have your zebra <laughs> oh my god because uh, so many of those kind of people and then there was um also marlon dietrich she takes a, a year-long hiatus at the plaza and lives in a something called the lady mendel suite i don't know if that still exists who takes a year hiatus at the plaza that sounds great yeah, that does. I really want I that. I really want that. Yeah. You know, people are like, what do you want in the whole entire world? A year-long yeah. hiatus at the Plaza. We, <laughs> we, need, uh, we need a few advertisers for the podcast now so that yeah. we can reach our dream goal of a year-long yeah. hiatus at the Plaza. If the Plaza wants to advertise. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we're doing it for free for them. What are we saying? Um, also, oh, so the, the designer, what I wanted to say, there was um, a team of interior designers from Paris and New York. They meet at the Plaza to design the first celebrity suite uh, for Christian Dior. Mm. Then that suite gets uh, taken over by Frank Lloyd Wright. So it's just like one celebrity after another. <laughs> Um, but yeah, and, uh, that's right. He was, okay. Frank Lloyd Wright was staying there while he was designing the Guggenheim Museum. That's crazy. I love it. But that, that ends like that information is, uh, at the end of, or the beginning of the 1950s. So, yeah. So we, yeah. So that, that brings us to the start of World War II. So that's going to be 
I think for our next episode is that's where we'll start. Yeah, but um, should we end off? We shouldn't talk about World War Two. Um, I all I have for World War Two so far in my notes is conservation and restraint. Okay, so yay, okay. more restraint. Yeah, we'll we'll Woo-hoo. talk more. We'll talk about World War Two and how in 1943. Well, we can go over that in 1943. So we weren't even involved in the war war yet, were we? Yes, yeah. we were. In, 1941. Yeah, in <laughs> Sorry. I failed history. No, I didn't. Uh, but I forgot. And so, you know, the hotel's not in uh, good condition. Um, even with the Persian room, it's still struggling. And in 1943, Conrad Hilton buys the hotel. So remember, right before the Depression, the hotel was worth $13 million. And after the pres- Depression... It was worth not $13 million. <laughs> he buys it for $6 million. And by the way, the uh, plaza was made for $3 million. So the depression Oof. did a lot of damage. Um, but Hilton came along and he already had hotels and all that stuff. And he made some changes. Not everyone liked it. But he, he had to do what he had to do to keep the plaza running. I think that's what it was, yeah. right? It, you know, I, I don't know exactly i'm sure i didn't agree with everything he did but one of the things was that but it kind of makes sense because it's disgustingly hot in new york in the summer he put air conditioning in uh, and replaced the palm court glass like the beautiful stained glass ceiling Mm. with air conditioning and i think that was a big everyone was like no and back 1940s air conditioning it wasn't small yeah (laughs) Probably or quiet. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, eventually they changed that because of technology and yeah. You know, the widows looks. definitely had a few things to say yeah. about his changes. One of the ones though, he wanted to update the breakfast menu at the Palm Court, and they threw a hissy fit about that. Anything, at, at, any change, any change, people throw hissy fits, and they they march in the streets, which I understand. But he also is dealing with like a you know a hotel that's going through a rough patch and yeah. he's a hotelier he already has successful hotels like i kind of try i would trust yeah. him let him yeah. let him let him try a few things also how different can breakfast really get <laughs> like what did, what what did he want to do I, I, it didn't the book didn't say he wanted oatmeal he wanted to instead of like yeah but what, like bacon? there's only so many breakfast foods in America. Like it you can't Especially really in the nineteen forties. Yeah. What were there three things? And he wanted to add one more thing. It's not yeah, you're right. There's not many on there anyways. Wow, those widows. They're a hard crowd yeah. to please. I tell you that. You did anything. You look at them the wrong way and they're like mm. <laughs> They were they were tough. But um yeah, Hilton he he did some repairs to the place and he owns it during world war ii right he basically yeah. owns it um yeah and just like every whenever there is a big change in the world the plaza does take a hit and they were also willing to because of the war effort um so they cut back on you know on things they Everything. had to ration yeah. they yeah sugar stationary everything yeah they they were also creative with the way they did things i feel like it wasn't very sanitary back then like oh we don't have enough napkins (laughs) (laughs) i guess i'm gonna use my blouse (laughs) and my pants like what did people do like that's pretty like the sanitation part always gets me well i'm sure it's it's a plaza i'm sure they used 
I don't know. Maybe they shared napkins. Like a I, napkin I can see table. something happening. I feel like if they were going to maybe be a little lenient with the rations, maybe it was with the sanitary things like napkins. No, they probably couldn't do laundry. They didn't have mm-hmm. material. All the material went to the war effort. So it was like no napkins. And maybe they cut up their old curtains. I don't know. Maybe they did. Those are very fancy napkins. Yeah. <laughs> Brocade. Yeah. <laughs> Um, also really uncomfortable like imagine <laughs> yeah I feel yeah there's there was some stuff when you read about just during World War II and they're like we had to ration this and people drew on stockings I'm like what the fuck just don't draw anything why even waste the pencil right use it to write I don't know use it to do anything to else your eye, like, yeah come on um to I literally anything else to write yourself a check. No, <laughs> Obviously, uh, it's just like uh, I don't know why it, the the silly things people did. But I guess yeah, you know that's a little normalcy. You're yeah, used to having yeah. stockings. You want to look but the way you're used to looking. That's true. I'm so mean. I'm so mean to the women <laughs> that like worked so hard. To, you know, like I wouldn't be able to All survive. All they wanted was stockings. Yeah, I'll let them draw on their I legs. I know. I know. It's just funny to me. But I guess I, I'm not even thinking about. It. We do weird things too. I'm being I'm being mean. I'm being mean. I'm just worried about the sanitation. That's not. That's not anything to be concerned about. Yeah. But like, I'm sure it was. Fine. I'm sure, I mean, it's okay. not like it was like the 1800s. I feel like sanitation really made it did it it did i mean i think about their lack of refrigeration and just how quickly food goes bad and how much they needed food and how many people got sick every day in general just like the population of the world they're like this meat is going gray but we don't have any meat and we don't have the rations for it and my ice box melted (laughs) I can't come to work tomorrow. <laughs> I had dinner tonight. I've used that excuse. Yeah, um, that's a different problem. <laughs> that was because I had an ingestion because my bath was too hot. Yeah, oh, yeah, right. So, that's a big, yeah. you know, all the celebrities are struggling with that these days. It's a problem. Um, okay, so World War Two, and anything else we want to before we close out. The first part of our plaza. No, I think we, I think we really, yeah, said too much. <laughs> I think we did, and and we didn't even say enough. Yeah, that's what's crazy. See, There's even that's why more. we had to pick and choose because we just couldn't. Yeah, and whoever is listening to this, and I don't know why you're listening to this, but thank you. Um, <laughs> if you want to call us out and uh, tell us what we're missing, you could do that. Leave you a can comment. absolutely yeah. do that. I don't know if in, I'm going to leave you my email. In complete sentences. Yeah. Though, please. No, no. I want to hear it all. <laughs> Broken English and everything. Um, it Actually, we prefer it in a different language. This mm. way I don't have to understand right. it. And I can just assume you said nice things. Exactly. Because <laughs> ignorance is bliss. <laughs> um, okay. So that was our first episode of this podcast. Uh, podcast that we made (laughs) hotel history yeah but uh stay tuned for more and we are really stupid for taking on such a big hotel for our first episode this is never happening again (laughs) yeah well it won't because i don't think there's anything quite like the plaza plaza. yeah i mean we'll find out 
but um it's a good learning experience yeah so our next yeah. our next one will be maybe a maybe a hotel that just opened its history will be this long <laughs> so tuesday <laughs> they hired a new bartender <laughs> it's me <laughs> exactly um but if you have any stories yourself of time at the plaza maybe family stories of the good old days, anything like that, we would love to hear those as well. So, in fact, we'd like to hear those more than complaints about our lack of research. So, yeah, send us that, those. that'd be nice. <laughs> we already know. Yeah, we already. Please know anything that you think we've already thought it and said it aloud. Yeah, we are our worst enemies. So, <laughs> then we'll end the podcast there. Thank you so much. We suck. <laughs> <laughs>